fixing to turn on a party in here. Man, that was good. That was good. You know, I, I had uh, I had this thought when we were just sitting there worshiping. I was just thinking about uh, when we were singing. I was just thinking about all these folks up here that do this. And uh, they have all, all been a part of doing this for us for 17 years. And that's that's a little insane when you think about it. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we're so very fortunate to have them. Now, Chad, not 17 years. He was... He was touring with the Doobie Brothers or something before, but um, yeah, good, good stuff. Very, 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 very fortunate. Um, this morning, we are talking, uh, continuing to talk through uh, this series that uh, we've been in, uh, What is 24 Church? And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things to that statement, and uh, I'll be honest with you, this, this should be like the easiest series for me to teach, probably, but it is like... I don't know. I think I just overthink and overthink and, uh, and have just prayed and prayed, God, you know, show us what you want. Uh, and, and I want him to show us what we want. I don't want to get up here and wing it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it has not been without. Uh, it's time to come together. And uh, I'm grateful for the time I've gotten to spend with the Lord, uh, seeking him about it. But uh, uh, this morning, uh, we're talking about family. 24 is a family. Um, and, uh, you know, family is one of those words that uh, conjures up all kinds of feelings for people, some good feelings, uh, you know, some not good feelings, some amazing, um, you know, and, and the truth is, is that, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's easy for us to, um, you know, place what we have uh, ideally uh, in life, you know, on a word like family and what we think it should be and, and, and to some degree what it should be. Uh, you know, and then and then we have the actual like here's what our families look like, and so then therefore we also struggle sometimes. I think uh, because of what our f- actual earthly families look like, we sometimes struggle with what God's family looks like, and really being able to accept like how good God's family can be. Um, you know, and and and, and that, that goes with like understanding God the Father on down. I mean, you could just we could we could do we could do a series on that. Um, that's not why we're here, but we're here to talk about us as a family, 24 as a family. Uh, we are part of a pretty eclectic family, uh, and uh, I, think, I think we know that. And uh, all different kinds of people. I, I do, you know, and I've, some of you have heard me say this, I do long for the day when uh, there's more color to the community that we live in here, uh, that our church would resemble that. Uh, in time, and I think that will happen in time, and already that's happened a good bit, uh, off and on, here and there, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I come back to, uh, you know, and I said this several weeks ago when I was talking about the beginning of this series and talking about uh, all the things that we've had uh, as kind of vision statements over the years, uh, you know, love God, love people, live gospel, make disciples, reach up, reach out, reach in, uh, gospel, family, mission, all these things. And, and when you go and you look at those things, um, all of those statements, all those words come from really specifically, especially a couple of passages in Scripture that we see Jesus teach. One of those passages is known as the Great Commandment. We talked about the Great Commandment, uh, and that's the one where you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, basically everything you got, okay? So love, love, love God with everything you got, and then love your neighbor, and so, you know, with that love your neighbor piece, you know, we are, we are challenged 
as a church that we are called to love people. Now, here's the funny thing. Is sometimes people that say that they love people mistreat people. Isn't that a funny thing? And you know why that is? It's because we're sinners. And we don't mean to a lot of times, but I mean... It's so easy, and I, I got to tell you, I could, I could give you several instances of that happening this week. This week, I have seen people that I love not love each other enough that in a moment they say something they wish they probably hadn't said or whatever it may be, and it happens. It happens. We have to protect one another. Scripture speaks to that. I, before we even get into that, uh, I've got a quote here for you. And it says this, it says, no matter where you are, whether it's a quarter mile away or halfway across the world, you'll always be family. That's from Dominic Toretto. The rest of the people never saw Fast and the Furious, so it's quite all right. I kept thinking about, like, as fan, you know, I kept thinking about it as a, like, studying about family. I kept thinking about, like, if you've ever seen the Fast and Furious movies, like, at the end of the movie, what do they always do? They sit down and eat. It's like Duck Dynasty, Southern California style or something, you know? They're not passing gravy. They're just like, you know, give me more Bud Light or something. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's funny, but, uh, I mean, the truth is, is like, that's that picture, you know, we all want that picture, you know, and, and it's funny, it's like the world wants that picture so bad uh, that literally the world conjures up that picture for us to see that uh, in uh, reality. I, I, I can speak to this for just a split second, I don't tell you this story for any other reason just to tell you this piece of just how badly the world desires this, but uh, I, had, I had a lady call me one day and say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, we're interested in talking to you about having a TV show. And I said, I'm not interested in talking to you about having a TV show. And she said, well, can I, will you hear me out? And I said, that's fine. We talked for a little while. And, and she said, you know, we, fought, we have followed you. I don't even know what that means. You know, I don't have much to follow these days, especially these days. It's like post pictures of uh, baseball players and stuff. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, this was years ago, and she says, you know, I want to do this, but, you know, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for a bunch of friends who work together throughout the week and get together on Friday and drink beers that we can show this, like, family atmosphere coming together at the end of the deal. And I said, well, I don't have that. I was like, that's not the situ- necessarily the situation I'm in. And she said, well, can we, can we make that up? Can we make that happen? Can you, can you call in some people, you know, to help you work and do these things that we could, you know, create this around that? Basically, can we do a fake show that's a reality show? I, I'm not kidding. And that's, that's how badly the world desires and really needs family, but it comes through and, you know, let's try to get it from Duck Dynasty. And I love, you know, Duck Dynasty's great. That's fine. But the truth is, is we, you and I, need family. And, and we can pretend like we don't. I mean, all day long, and people do this a lot, 
you know, we can pretend like we don't really need other people speaking into our lives. We can pretend like we really don't need other people uh, that love us and care for us through hard times and all these things. But I, I'm telling you, we do. And here's, and here's the bottom line. Not only do we need it, but other people need us to be that for them. Because the truth is, is we make this all about us most of the time. We get to thinking about this as like, well, but I, but I, but I, but I. I don't have time. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm uncomfortable. I, 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 I. And we completely take out of the equation our call to love people. Other people need us in their lives. So, let's go back to this passage. We, we shared this a couple weeks ago. I just want to briefly share it again. Acts 2, verse 42. Acts 2, verse 42. Um, and, and in this passage, we see this amazing, uh, this amazing picture of the early church. Acts 2, 42. And it says, uh, And they devoted themselves to the, uh, to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of the bread, and prayers. And all came upon them upon every soul many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings distributing the proceeds uh, to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved this this is a, a great picture and i know we've talked about this many times and some of you probably are like i have exegeted that passage i already know everything about that passage you can't tell me anything about that passage okay okay i'll go there with you i'll go there with you let's break it down are all these things happening in your life i'm, I'm just going to do it kind of like a list but it is straight from the passage are you devoted to the lord's teaching are you in fellowship with others? Are you breaking bread with others? Are you praying with others? Folks, that's important. Are you praying with others? Is all coming upon you for the time that you're spending with the Lord and seeing God work through the people around you? That's verse 43. Um, do you have things in common with a group of people that you're seeking Jesus with? Verse 44. Are you willing to give up belongings, possessions, to sacrifice for others in need? Are you presently doing that? I pro Here's the deal. I promise you there's somebody in your life that has need. There's somebody in your life that has need. And, and the Lord will give you opportunities to do that from time to time. And I, I just, just follow Him through it. Just listen to Him through it. Are you, again attending temple together, you breaking bread together in homes, receiving food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the number day, daily uh, those who are being saved. I mean, it's just it's an incredible passage. You say, well, Chris, this is like the utopia of the church. Yes. Yes, it is. You're right. And it is something for us to strive for. And it is something God has given us to strive for. Not for, not for us to go, oh, well, that's unattainable. <laughs> I'm just kicking that to curb. That's unattainable. We can't do that. Our life won't allow for that. But do we hear ourselves when we make statements like that? 
At some point, we just have to be honest with ourselves about where we are with the Lord. Like, like we, want, we want God to lead us. We want Him to show us what He's calling us to. What's He calling us to? Jesus' entire ministry is Him saying, love the people, feed my sheep, be me to them. And we're over here like, well, I don't know if i got time for that today. That's just kind of the way we treat it. And it's backwards. I mean, it's like so backwards. We're like, but Chris, but Chris, I, you know, listen, I get it. I'm busy too, you know. There are days I work from morning to night, and it's okay. I, I, you know, I enjoy working. But the truth is, is even I in my life, I'm convicted. By the way, I'm usually preaching to myself, okay? So if you're being extra convicted, I'm sorry. Just up here preaching to myself, all right? And the truth is, is that we're called to be this family for the sake of the gospel. Not for the sake of us feeling good about ourselves. Not for the sake of, like, what's comfortable. But for the gospel. Like the truth that will lead people away from death. How amazing is that? We get to be a part of that process. God has called us to be a part of that process, not because he needs us, but because he wants us to be a part of the process and he wants us to be a part of his family. Romans 8. Romans 8. We're reminded of such a passage. In fact, I'm sorry, I forgot to say this earlier. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you one. Throw your hand up. They'd be glad to get you one. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. But Romans 8, we have this passage that is so amazing for us that it mirrors something that we actually see uh, in earthly families and, and truthfully is so much bigger than any earthly family could do for us because it includes the sacrifice made for us by Jesus. Romans 8.14. And in Romans 8.14, I just want to read it to you. It says this. It says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. We have been adopted into the family of God. Say, Chris, how does this happen? This happens because God understood from the beginning of it all that we were sinners and that we would need a Savior. He understood that, that our sin was going to lead us to hell. He understood that our sin has a penalty, and that penalty is death. Scripture's very clear about that. And so for us to, for us to just you know, get to a point in life, and I, I, remember, I remember where I was when I got to that point in my life where I realized I, at that point, I, you know, preacher's kid, had, I had already been baptized as a kid. Because as a kid, at one point, I realized that apparently, if I got baptized, number one, people would be happy and there was a good chance we'd go eat Dairy Queen. Celebration, right? 
As a kid in western Kentucky, that's a big deal, okay? Don't judge me. Number two, I understood that that meant that I wouldn't go to hell. And so my, you know, my not quite understanding the gospel part of me being like eight years old and wanting to do this, I got baptized. Well, then later on, you know, and this probably had a lot to do with me becoming a, a student pastor later on too, later on in between, uh, well, my freshman year of high school, I remember recognizing in my life that I was a sinner and had truly never received Jesus as my Savior. I, I knew, I, again, I'd been baptized. I knew a lot about Jesus. I could speak Christianese. All the things, right? But the truth is this. I didn't know Jesus and I didn't have a relationship with him. And I needed to understand that. I needed to get to that point in my life. And, and, you know, there was a roadblock there. I was like, everybody already thinks I'm a Christian. I just, I'll just be like, okay, Jesus saved me and I'm going to fly under the radar. Let's just go with it like that. And the truth is, is that's not what the Lord wanted me to do. He wanted me to proclaim when he saved me. And to be honest, I wanted to. When I came to know the Lord, I wanted to. And what happened in my life is I realized I was a sinner. I realized I needed a Savior. I realized that Jesus had died on the cross and shed his blood to take the death that I deserve for my sin. And in my trusting in him, putting my faith in him, I was able to receive from him, not by my work, but by his grace, salvation, forgiveness, all of these big words that we use a lot of times at church that sometimes confuse people, God saved me from myself and from my sin and from death. And it's the most beautiful thing that could possibly happen. And the truth is, is that for us to be adopted into the family of God is at some point in our life we have to understand that. We're not born into being Christians. You might be born into going to a church. You might be born into a family that believes a certain way, but the truth is, is that somewhere along the way, the Spirit, Scripture teaches, the Spirit speaks to our heart. Let's talk about this a couple weeks ago. The Spirit speaks to our heart, helps us understand our need for a Savior, and we have an opportunity to respond. I responded that day, and truthfully, I can say my life has been different ever since then. We are adopted through Jesus, made a part of the family of God. He says in verse 15, after saying that we are sons of God, he says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons as we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. You know, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, we, we could camp on this for weeks. It's so amazing. What God has done for us, and we don't deserve it. Again, it's by His grace we are saved. Ephesians. So, family. We're a family. 24 is a family. What's that look like? It looks like a mess. Most families are a mess. Many of you can attest to that. Uh, many of you have shared with me, and I've gotten to know about things going on in your family's lives, and many of you have messes. We have messes within our family. 
Uh, I can tell you, I'm talking about earthly families right now. Um, and, and when it comes to a church family, truthfully, it's no different because we're trying to live together. We're trying to be together. We're trying to do something together. And so there's some instruction for us in how to handle one another when we let each other down because, you know, guess what? You're a sinner. You're going to let people down. Guess what? They're sinners too. They're going to let you down. Here's what, here's what we can't do. Here's what we can't do as the family of God. We can't be like, oh, they let me down. I'm running somewhere else now. There's no grace in that. There's no gospel being lived out in that. When we let one another down, we go to one another. We go to a brother. We confess, you know, I, you know I've been hurt or whatever it is. Or, you know, if the Lord's speaking in your heart about you wronged somebody, that you go to them and say, hey, I've wronged you. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Whatever it is. But we, we work these things out, and the picture of God's grace lives through us for the world to see. The second that we bail... Because we got our feelings hurt. We didn't want to deal with the process of forgiveness and confession and all these things. We're not the church. We're just a dysfunctional family of people that's weird that they're even together. Like, what's the point in even being the church family if we're not willing to do that, right? Ephesians 4 talks to this a little bit, some instruction here. Verse 1, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. These are some, some, some tall words right here. I, encourage, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What an amazing passage. And, and wow, so convicting. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times in my life I have messed that up. I have let people down. I have at times in my life not just let people down, but I haven't wanted to deal with it. Just like anybody else, we all have had those moments. But the truth is that we are called to a unity that is so special. I want to go on. Later on in Ephesians 4, it says this. It says, uh, in verse 31, by the way, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We are called to grace. We receive it, and we are called to give it. That's not always so easy, is it? It's not easy, especially when we feel hurt. Hurt people hurt people. That's what's going on, you know. And a lot of people out here flailing around in life hurting people, what's because they're hurt. Because they're having a moment. They're struggling with whatever their reality is in this moment of, you know, something maybe that's happened. And they're not sure how to deal with it. And it comes out in other ways. But grace we receive and grace we are called to give. Remember this one? Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. 
Matthew 18, Jesus gets asked the question by a guy, hey, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? Is it seven? Seven times? Is that You think that's cool? You think that's enough? Jesus' response, how about 77? You know, Jesus is making this point. He's like, don't keep count. It's not about how many times you need to do something. It's about our calling to do it. And again, it's easy to say it's hard to do. It's much easier to be angry. It's much easier, we think, to hide bitterness, to want revenge, to write people off. You're dead to me, you know? I'll just never speak to them again. God help you with that. God help me with that. That's not who we're called to be. That's worldly hatred is what that is. Worldly hatred. 1 Corinthians says this in uh, chapter 12, verse 25. It says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I, I got to tell you, I love, I love when the church is really being a family. I, I love it. I mean, it's like one of my favorite things. I love seeing people come together to love on one another. I love seeing our people come together to celebrate wins in people's lives. I love seeing people come together to come around someone who's hurting. This is being a family. This is what a family looks like. And we'll talk about this passage a little more later on in the series, but but this picture of us all being members of this body, caring for one another, rejoicing together, suffering together. How do you suffer together if no one knows you're suffering? How do you you celebrate a win together if nobody knows you're winning? I mean, like, it's so simple, right? But, like, we miss it along the way. And again, we're, we're so wrapped up in life. But we're called to something so much bigger. So much bigger. And God's grace is at work in us. And when it is, it shows His love to the world. They need that. This world needs that. This world needs to see us love each other through hard moments and still be a family and still love each other, not give up on each other. Say, Chris, this is awful hard on the forgiveness and all that. Listen, I think this is important. I think this is super important. I think this is, I definitely believe it's part of the DNA of 24. I think we've been super fortunate over the years to to honestly not deal with a, a lot of the drama that I see so many churches deal with or I've been a part of churches that have dealt with uh, or uh, listen to other pastors talk to me. I mean, you know, everybody has a little drama. But the truth is, is that God has protected us. I think a lot of it has been because so much of like our DNA has been founded on these scriptures and understanding that we are called to this together. 
How do we get connected? How do we be a family? (laughs) Be with others? (laughs) I mean, like, it's so simple. We make it hard, right? Be with others. Well, what's that look like? Well, I mean, we have, here's some opportunities we have just at 24, and I'd encourage you to be a part of of one of these. Uh, We have Bible studies that meet during the week. We have one, we have a ladies' Bible study, I think, on Tuesdays, and uh, we have Doc's Bible study currently on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, we have ministry teams that you can serve as a part of. Uh, again, you're being with other people, getting to do things like serving others, uh, you know, to fellowship with one another. I mean, we, how, many times, how many times does the Bible need to tell us to eat together? I mean, like, what are we good at? If we're not good at that, like, could, like, can we just, I mean, can we just, like, go back to a good old, like, hey, you want to go grab some lunch today type thing with people you don't even know? I mean, it's like, it's like playing Russian roulette at church when you walk up to a family you've never met and been like, you want to go to lunch? You never know what you're going to get. But I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. And we have done that for years. And I have loved every minute of it. And there have been some weird lunches over the years, too. And that's okay. There have been a lot of families that have stuck around because they thought, you know what? Somebody cared. Our micro churches probably show the picture of Acts 2 more than anything that we've got going and, 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 and that alone if you're not a part of a micro church I really encourage you to be in one um, you know it's such a great thing and again it's, it's really just already doing things that you're doing it's just deciding to do them with others you know we're going to eat anyway let's eat with others we're going to clean the house well let's clean it for the others <laughs> whatever it is you know and, and I'm telling you the blessings that come from that uh, and, and, and I got to tell you I, I, I personally I personally do not know where I would be without uh, the folks that are in our microchurch. I mean, they mean so much to me. Uh, we shed tears on each other's shoulders. We celebrate victories. We uh, hang out together. Uh, I mean, it, it's such, such a blessing. I'll tell you some ways that will make it really hard to get connected and really hard to be a part of a family. Only come for Sunday morning worship. You will always find it hard to really be connected if you only come for Sunday morning worship. I've, I've had so many people over the years go, well, you know, we, we tried your church out. We, you know, I love that, by the way, your church like it's my church. Where, that's what they say. We tried your church out. We came for like three months. And, uh, well, we didn't really get to know anybody, so then we went somewhere else. Okay. Like, well, did you do anything else to spend time with others? Did you seek community in a micro church or serving or a Bible study? Well, no, no, we didn't have time for all that. Okay. All right. Folks, you'll, you'll never, I mean, we, heck, we added the welcome time back today. Praise the Lord for that, you know. But uh, I know the introverts are like, what is the Lord trying to teach me right now? It's so funny. I love it. But I promise you, even with a good welcome time, 
and even a little time before and after, it's going to be hard to ever really get connected. You're not really going to share what's really going on in your life, and they're not really going to share what's going on in their life until you spend real time together. And we've got these pictures of what it looks like, the Acts 2 picture and all these other. I mean, you know, it's, it's not hard. We just make it hard. And the Lord wants to use us to be a family for one another, but he also wants us to use, use us as a family for people that don't even know Jesus right now. And I have been privileged, and I consider it a huge privilege, to get to see families that we have seen come into our church and then come maybe even be a part of our micro church, and over time come to an understanding of the gospel. And they, they found the family first, and then they understood the gospel, and then they found Jesus. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. And the truth is, is that's what the world is looking for. The, the world's looking for the real thing. The world isn't looking for the fake thing. The world isn't looking for a show. I talked last week, this is not a show, okay? The world's not looking for that. They can get that other places. They're looking for the real. Now, I know it's hard to make time for things, but I, I'll just be honest with you. I can't imagine my life without these people in it. And it's a sacrifice, but I'll tell you this. It is, and here's a term for you, worth it. It is worth it. We can't do life alone. And we are called to do it with others. And we are called to be a part of the local church. And I'll tell you one of the greatest blessings is getting to see my children grow up uh, in a situation where we have families come and go in our house, especially for micro church, and uh, they get to meet new people and they get to hear their stories and and, and my, my children, I, I am shocked sometimes, and I have other people talk to me about how they explain the gospel and explain ministry and all these things out of, you know, just getting to hear it talked about and lived out and getting to see it for real. I was privileged as a child to see my dad in ministry have relationships with other people that were like family was that that through that over time that I think the Lord really instilled in me this has to be a part of what we are this has to be a part of what we're doing 2 Corinthians 6.18 says and I will be a father to you and you will be sons and daughters to me says the Lord Almighty I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. We aren't just a family for each other, but our Father in heaven truly is our Father. And we are a part of His family together. And that is so amazing. So amazing. And I just encourage you today, if you've never trusted in Christ, if God is speaking to your heart, don't ignore that. Listen to the Lord. We want you to be a part of this family. If you don't have a, if you don't have a church family, if you, don't have, if you don't have an earthly family, we want, to, we want to be your family. Now, we're jacked up. We know that, okay? So you get what you get. So you've been warned on the front end on that part, but, like, the Lord has done some amazing things within this family. And we would love for you to be a part of this family.
More importantly, we would love for you to be a part of the family of God. 24 is a family, and it can be yours. Let's pray together. God, we pray you're leading in our lives. You would help us to see our need for relationships, true relationships that take time and oftentimes cause us to have to give up parts of who we are, parts of what we've got, things that we own, whatever it is, God. God, it's all yours, and we're just called to be managers of it. God, lead us in that. Help us to see that. Help us to use and do with the things that you've given us, our talents, our treasure, whatever it is, God, for your glory, for your kingdom, to love others. Lord, the mission that Jesus gave us, his entire ministry, God, help us to be faithful to it. God, help us to be the family that you've called us to be. Help us to love one another. Help us to listen to one another. Help us to go to one another. Instead of talking bad about each other or some other stuff, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and show us the ways to reconciliation. God, may we be real, a real family, loving one another, caring for one another. God, use us for your glory. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.